Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. So we got one episode done. We're about to release episode two right now. Uh, We talked about a movie on our first episode, but I was thinking that we absolutely have to make sure that people know that this podcast isn't just us watching movies or TV shows. As much as I would love to just sit there and watch movies and TV shows with you, um, I definitely agree. So I called in the big guy. No way. I got us... A Santa Claus to be on the show. Okay. Not the, the Santa is a busy man, but. Yeah, for sure. My good buddy, Joey, has had some experience being a mall Santa Claus, and he is going to join us and tell us about the experiences, or shall we say the confessions of being a mall Santa Claus. (laughs) Oh my God, I cannot wait. All right. So let's bring him in. Joey, thank you for waiting patiently so before we dive into the, the Santa Claus stuff, let's obviously talk about what you're doing now that you're not a mall Santa, which is Dark Hills Events. Yes, yes, it is. Dark Hills Events is a fun little property I run. Uh, what we're doing at the moment is every month, uh, the audience gives us an idea for an RPG, like a tabletop RPG, and we build it. The only rule is it can already exist. But if you want it, we will build it. And that's what we're doing. Uh, we do live events every month. And when the world opens up again, we will be out there and we'll get back to doing our live events like usual. Although I, I would like to throw a quick shout out to I still do every year Santa stuff. And you can find me on Facebook at Claws and Effect. <laughs> that's a fantastic handle. <laughs> I love it so much. Obviously, I have a lot of questions 
and I know that Dylan has a lot of questions. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, so I'm going to let Dylan take the lead on this one. Sure. So, as a mall Santa, and I, I kind of want to start from on the back end here, as we are in unprecedented times. Have you thought about where the season is going to take us? this year with greeting and social distancing. I, I hate to start at the end, but it really is the question that's that's pressing my mind now. As a teacher who is is now teaching virtually, I'm in the classroom, but all my kids are home. As a mall Santa, how, how would that even work this year? Is there any thoughts on that? So first and foremost, Dylan, I want to thank you for what you're doing because it can't be easy. <laughs> Honest thank yous for that. Uh, and I've thought about this a lot, quite honestly. Um, so I won't say um, where I usually contract because unfortunately it's not happening this year. You know, I have been working as a Santa for 10 years and this is the first year in 10 I haven't already gotten contacts to, to work. Now, basically every year, as crazy as it sounds, once summer rolls around, all the Christmas people start knocking on your door because they need to find a Santa ASAP. And it's become clear that they're just not interested this year, dis- despite the money. I understand it and I'm, I'm for it. We should be safe. And Santa isn't just someone you go meet. After 10 years of doing this, I 100% believe that Santa is real as long as he's in your heart. Definitely. And also, for those of you interested, there are a lot of great Santas out there, including myself, who are offering remote experiences. People, I mean, we've already been doing that for years. Did either of you ever get a phone call from Santa Claus when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. <laughs> it's like the best day of the season. <laughs> yeah. There are great Santas out there who they embody the character and if you give them 10 minutes in front of a computer screen with your kid, will make your kids year. I don't believe you need to go wait in line. It's it's a shame that you won't be able to get pictures. I have gotten a picture with my family, my wife, my daughter every year for the past 10 years. And that's probably not going to happen this year. It helps that I literally have an entire costume and I can put it on and I can appear and surprise my daughter and we can take pictures. But, you know, that. That experience, I don't think it's going to happen this year. And honestly, any place that does have a Santa, I'm going to say shame on them because the money isn't worth putting people's lives in danger as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I think that that's a fair stance. And I like what you said about Santa is real and he lives in your heart. I think that the difference that I've encountered, and I'd like to know Dylan's perspective on this too, but obviously there are people who enjoy Christmas. You know what I mean? Christmas comes around and like they finish their Thanksgiving turkey and then they are like all in on Christmas time. And then there's people like myself and Dylan who are willing to do an all year round Christmas podcast because really we're thinking about Christmas all year round. I know I am distinctly. And I've found myself having this thought where I'll be driving and my mind is like, look, I know that sin is not real. But what if, spoiler, (laughs) like like still in my 30s, there's still that piece of me that's like, but what if, what if he is and I need to be on my best behavior because he's out there and he's watching me and I need to make him happy. And I, I love I love that, like when you're really ingrained in like what Christmas is about and like that, that overwhelming, optimistic seat time of the year. It's not even a question. You're like, of course, Santa's real. 
Absolutely. <laughs> I don't care if I'm 50. I'm going to I'm going to preach it to the world. Santa's real. Santa is a hundred percent. Santa is the, is the physical embodiment of the good in the world basically. And it all kind of comes to head uh, around that season. And I know uh, Matt and I, it's, it's no uh, secret that we're horror fans and we love the Halloween season, but I'm going to be honest in recent years, as I've gotten older, I, I've counted down to Christmas much more often than I'm, I'm ready for Christmas halfway through the month of October. I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for that, that spirit to be lifted because it's in me. And I know it's in Matt year round for sure. And I feel like this show, Joe, obviously with dark Hills events, you're also tied to the horror community pretty tightly. Yeah. And you know, no one stops a horror fan and says, what are you doing watching a horror movie in July? Don't you know Halloween's in October? So I would love to remove that stigma about you can only watch Christmas stuff for one month and some change. You know what I mean? Like, if you feel like if you're down in the dumps and you think It's a Wonderful Life is going to pull you out of it, I don't care if it is May. Pop it on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? Just going back to the belief in the big man, since I've been doing this for 10 years, even though I play him, I 100% believe 365 days of the year that Santa Claus is real. I can't describe it in any other better way. It's just being around people and seeing how they act when Santa is in their presence. I have had grown men and women look me square in the eyes and say, oh, my God, you're real. Like, yeah. No joke. Like they're like, you're, you're real. You're Santa. You're here. It's not just kids. The things I've seen, there are people who come in uh, because America predominantly does the Santa, you know, there's Santa's all over the world, but no place has that like, go take your picture, sit with him, have a moment more than America does. So people come from Britain, they come from other places and they have to, they're like, I'm here during Christmas. I've got to see a Santa and the look on their faces. I've had people, tons of Jewish people, Jewish people uh, come in with their children and it's such a, a big deal. Santa is totally secular, you know, and my, I 100% believe like people just love him. It's truly inspiring. And my favorites, my favorites are when the people bring their kids in. And I always, I always ask everybody, you know, what is it that they hope for, for the holiday? And you can see the adults go, well, I know he's just a guy, but just in case. Yeah. <laughs> just in case he relays the message to the big man, I'm going to let him know. Every time. No adults ever fail. It, the belief is just there. It's ingrained in us, and it's really inspiring. It's part of the reason why I love doing this job. Two things. Number one, we're in episode two and I've already got tears in my eyes. Like, oh my yeah. gosh, that just sounds absolutely amazing. There's a reason why I have suggested that we're going to have a segment called Did You Cry? Because yeah. <laughs> I am almost guaranteed to cry during any TV show, special movie, anything Christmassy is going to just hit me. I'm going to get choked up. But I think you know, obviously we're going to have an episode dedicated to this movie, but the idea that we're talking about is so beautifully covered in the original miracle on 34th street. Yes. Like that concept of like, as long as there is somebody out there 
who is changing their life for the greater good of all of humanity, then Santa exists in some small way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. So now let's get into the nitty gritty. So we've, we've covered some of the heavy stuff. We've covered some of the up to date stuff. I want to know, you've told us some of the great experiences being a mall Santa. What What's some of the worst experiences you've had being mall <laughs> uh, Santa? The, the juicy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Look, this is always the experience I start off with when people ask me this question, whether they ask good or bad. This is literally the first experience I ever had as Santa Claus. Um, so I won't say where I first started working when I started working as Santa, but it's a place that rhymes with Gracie's. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, loved it there. I really loved it. Uh, I wish I had the time to go back there. Um, but my first ever job and I'm, I am sweating bullets for a number of reasons. One of the biggest reasons being that I'm just wearing this thick North pole, protection garb while inside a perfectly well-heated store. So (laughs) I'm literally sweating bullets for that reason. But also, I'm Santa. What if I F this up? What if I F up some kids' experience with the big guy for the rest of their life? And it's, it's terrifying. And luckily, veteran Santas were so good to me. They gave me all these great pointers. You know, don't try to be Santa. Be yourself because Santa's in there somewhere. Swear to you. That's what one told me. And it changed everything. It was wonderful. But my first ever visit, I'm sitting in the chair. And they say, are you ready? And I'm like, sure. And this girl comes in. And she's 16 years old. Okay. And mm-hmm. she sits on my lap because they always do. And that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> she sits on my lap and she looks a little down, but she says she's here because a couple of years ago, um, a family member of hers was diagnosed with cancer and they visited Santa and they asked for a miracle. And the cancer went into remission. I'm already in tears from what she's telling me. And then she says, my sister is missing right now. And I thought I would come back here to see if you could help. And as Santa, a rule is you don't ever promise anything. You never like if a kid's like, I want a teddy bear, you never say, sure, you're going to get one. You always say, like, I'll see what I can do, you know? So with something like that, I have I have no idea what to say. This is literally the first moment I've ever had as Santa Claus. And this trial by fire, like, dear God, please tell me you didn't say I'll see what I can do. No, (laughs) no, no. So I, I held her like. It's gone from she's on my knee to I'm literally holding her. She is crying. Oh. I am crying. And I'm, I'm, I'm telling her that miracles can happen and that if we try and work together, that maybe, maybe a miracle will happen this time. Because it's the best I can say. I, I have no idea. And the rest of the visit was just 10 minutes of her 
openly, sorrowfully weeping as I hold her and I cry as well. So that's that's my portion of the art. Did you cry uh, this episode? I absolutely did listen to that story. Holy shit. Um, that's that, not what I wanted. I wanted a funny story. Yeah, I, wanted, <laughs> I wanted like this kid peed on me. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. Like this kid vomited all over my suit or something like that. So I've got I mean, I've got a couple thoughts, uh, obviously. First one is obviously uh, as as a person who has at least a little bit of spirituality to me and believes that nothing is accidental. Uh, You know, I I think that that's such an incredible story because imagine any other Santa in that situation that didn't know how to handle that as gracefully as you did. You know what I mean? But the, the question that I am afraid to ask, and I'm sure that it's an unsatisfactory answer, but do you know if any, like, did you ever find out if anything came of that story? No, you know, when you're Santa, people come and people go and some people you never see. And I mean, honestly, that wasn't the only heartbreaking story I've heard working at someplace like Gracie's. <laughs> I mean, people go no matter what. That's their tradition. You get yeah. people down on their dumps all the time because it's uplifting. You get a lot of homeless people, you know, they've nowhere to go, no one to be with. And here's this person that they remember from their childhood. You hear a lot of sad stories, but you also sometimes you feel good because you were able to give someone an experience. You know, um, there's a, a lot of older people in homes, uh, people who ha- uh, are disabled in one way or another. They don't get to go out much. They don't have anyone to care for them. And they take these big institutional trips and they get to see Santa and it just makes their year you can tell um and there there have been some really great good like happy stories that come through as well uh i i don't know this woman's name you never really remember a lot of names but there was an older woman like right off the boat from italy and a couple years earlier apparently she had come in to see saint nicholas because she was going in for surgery and she wanted to be blessed by St. Nicholas. So one of the Santas blessed her. And I met her when she came back because it was a success. The surgery was a success. So every year around Christmas, she came in to see Santa and be blessed by St. Nicholas. And it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I swear to God, I'll get to funny stories soon. But that <laughs> stuff, it happened so much. Like, I just... I'm trying to impress, like, when I say, like, I believe in Santa and I believe in, like, actual literal magic around Christmas, this is why. Because after 10 years of just seeing these stories, it's fucking amazing. If I could do this all year round, I absolutely would. But my fucking hair won't turn white fast enough. You know, the thing that really got me invested in mall Santas and uh, a funny story with Joey and I is that we had an opportunity to meet probably years before we actually met because it wasn't until recently we found out that we both went to the same movie premiere for uh, my friend Tommy Avalone's movie. I am Santa Claus. Uh, Brilliant, brilliant movie. Yeah. But, you know, in that movie, you cover a couple different types of Santas. And, you know, you've got the guy who decides to legally change his name to Santa Claus because he just never wants to let go of the feeling of being Santa Claus. And he right. wants to be Santa all year round. You have what I think is one of the most heartbreaking lines in the whole movie where the one 
Santa, who's a lonely gay man in a very conservative area of Texas, basically says, I have no family. I really don't have a ton of friends that are still alive. But even when I'm gone, my picture will hang on hundreds of people's walls who don't know me. And like, that's like such a such a beautiful thing I never thought about. But that documentary brought to my attention something that I never thought of. And I don't know if you were part of something like this, Joey, but the people who literally travel to a completely different state to be Santa at a mall, were you able to always stay local at least? Or did you actually have to do like the month away, the month or two away from your family to be Santa somewhere else? Well, uh, honestly, I had to prove myself because I'm not what you're describing as the real beards. So it's the fraternal order of real beard Santas. Um, It's a real thing. Um, It's basically a Santa union. But if you can grow a real beard and it's white or you can dye it white, oh man, those Santas, like those are the ones who get the big jobs, they're the ones who get to work all year round. I, that is a, a literal dream of mine. And the only thing keeping me from doing that is being so fucking young. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's, I, I guess that's because I remember the one Santa, uh, I believe they refer to him as Santa Russ in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like he's waiting for this contract. Yep. And it's like a two month contract, but he essentially was going to make more money in those two months than I currently make for a full year at my job. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, man. Which is insane. <laughs> there are some real beard Santa Clauses who, I mean, you just said it. You just said it. I wish, I wish I could make that money. And I wish I could make that money doing this, doing yeah. Santa all year round, it, doing something amazing. you love for sure. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie, and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. Yeah, it's it's kind of like how you look at people who, you know, I, I always admire people whose full-time job is working for a nonprofit because mm-hmm. you're essentially, for the most part, you're probably slumming it financially, but like every day, you know, you're going in there and doing something incredible. Yeah. Versus like, I'm just typing in, uh, don't you? Yeah, over there. You're teaching the future. You, I'm talking about a, I'm talking about a joker like me over here that's just typing in numbers into a computer so some rich car dealership can sell a couple extra cars. <laughs> I'm contributing nothing to society. <laughs> I, I envy those people that, that are teaching or that are doing these nonprofits or being Santa Claus. Like that stuff is so incredible and so cool. So 
Joe, seriously, again, and D- Dylan, honestly, both of you, thank you for your services that you're doing, uh, especially in such a crazy time of the year. But like, let's get to the funny poop stories. <laughs> yes, please, please get to the funny poop stories. And I also, I do want to touch on the fact that, yes, I am a teacher. But now that uh, Joe has brought that up, the fraternal order of real beards, I now have a new goal in life that I'm going to try to achieve starting now. I'm going for it. I mean, I already already have enough stress in my life. I've got a few white hairs, but let's like, come on, goddammit. <laughs> Chris Kringle level. Yeah, we'll um, see. Hopefully we, we cross paths on our journey to the fraternal order of real beards. You could travel together to their little meetings. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, this is the most hated job I've ever had. And after I did this, I said, I'll never do a job like this again. But it's also the funniest. It is also straight up the funniest. Okay, So it was the night before Christmas, believe it or not, and all through the club. And when I say club, I don't mean like a nice piano bar. I mean, Jersey Shore, fist pumping, bottle service. And by bottle service, I mean half naked women just throwing champagne all over the place club. It was in Philadelphia. I won't say what place it was, (laughs) but they hired me to be Santa for an hour. It was just an hour. And I get there. First off, I have no place to change. None whatsoever. And if I'd known that, I would have come in the costume. But instead, the guy who hired me, who is clearly already high, Like, he is so out of his gourd, he leads me to what he describes as my changing room, and it's the men's bathroom, (laughs) specifically the handicapped stall, okay? So he's like, here you go. You got all the space you want. There are other men in here taking pisses and not taking pisses. They were (laughs) fucking doing cocaine off the sink. I didn't even think that happened since the 80s, but apparently it still does. And I'm getting dressed into my Santa gear in the goddamn handicap stall. And you can't be in the handicap stall without someone banging on it every five minutes and being like, oh, sorry. So it's already a great night, you know? But So I got oh, I got I to – I'm going to cut you off for a second. I got to ask, was it full Santa gear or were you like modified club Santa? Full gear. So I'm oh, in a gosh. club. I'm again, I've never sweat more in my life. Okay. I literally have a full beard and a wig and a hat on top of the wig. I've got this fur coat and it's, oh my God, just sweating, sweating before I even get out of the bathroom. And the moment you're on the club floor, there is no room. Uh, It is an hour of me being jostled around with a photographer following me around and and the picture experience was literally just it was me getting groped and i'm being very nice about that but it was a, a night full of groping from both sexes when people wanted santa they just grabbed a part of me usually not a part above the waist and pulled me toward them it, it i never felt so violated but also never so wanted in my life. <laughs> I remember I got to go outside for 
air because I was like, I'm going to die. I'm literally going to pass out. So I go outside with the photographer for five minutes. I get some cold air and I, I go back inside and there's a there's a line like down the street because people are waiting to get in this club. And I walk up and the bouncer doesn't see me at first, but he's like, yo, man, the end of the line is over there. And he turns and he sees me and then he goes, oh, shit, I'm sorry, Santa. Yep. Santa's coming through, and they like lift the velvet rope, and people are like, "Santa at this club!" Like, it was fucking insane. You know, it's gotta that whole night had to be worth it just for the Santa's coming through yeah, moment. Santa coming through. <laughs> There's a reason I say this is the funniest story I tell. Okay? <laughs> so I go back in. I work the rest of the night. My hour's done. And it's the night before Christmas. I want to get home to my family, you know? Yeah, so I'm, sure. I'm like, okay, I got to get out of here. I'm sweating bullets. I got to go. I can't find the guy that hired me at all. Oh, I'm asking yeah. waitresses. I'm asking the DJ. I'm asking the bouncers. At one point, I march back into the VIP room because I'm angry because – I was there for an hour and then I was supposed to go. And since my shift has ended, it has been another hour. I have spent an hour looking for the guy who's supposed to pay me. All right. So I march back into the VIP room. A bouncer puts his hand on my shoulder and I'm so angry. I'm so angry. I just look at him and glare and he backs away. And he's like, I'm sorry. Go right. I'm sorry, Santa. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me, Santa. <laughs> After an hour, I just got so fed up. I literally started taking off the costume. So I went from Santa to a guy like holding a beard and a wig in his hands with glue on his face. And I'm just pissed. I'm just so angry. I finally find the guy even higher than when I first found him. He pays me, thank God. And I'm like, I'm never, I'm, I'm, I'm out, I'm out. I'm walking back to my car. I get to my car. I'm taking the outfit off. And as I unbuckle the Santa belt, over $100 in singles fall out of the belt. Oh, shit. I didn't even realize it. People were tipping me like I was a stripper all night <laughs> and you did it every year after that obviously oh my god no not worth it <laughs> ever again my friend no i i like to stick to the kid stuff i do a couple uh adult parties i, I did an adult party last uh, year or maybe it was two years ago this guy is super bloody rich he's got this amazing apartment in the city beautiful view of the city he was rich enough that he got gritty there like the gritty not just some guy the in a gritty yeah and that was hilarious because it was the only time i'd ever been somewhere as santa claus that people didn't realize i was there <laughs> like the moment gritty walked in like people are tapping me and they're like yo man this is gritty do you see this and i'm like oh, oh, oh yep like <laughs> that's so amazing that's ridiculous but like I mean, that's I feel like those are probably better than like a club night. Yeah. Like if a group of friends are having Friendsgiving and they want to pay you like 50 bucks to just show up for 10 minutes and do your thing. That's got to be better than walking around a club with a bunch of drunk people. Just yep. even if they're tipping you 100 bucks in singles. Absolutely. That I mean, it, that's absolutely great. Bun bunch of drunk friends. They always they always try to get Santa to drink, which is weird. There is <laughs> definitely footage of me somewhere on a shot camera. The one of the weirdest things that always happens every year, though, is like when you're 
dressed in the outfit, you wouldn't recognize me. I mean, Dylan, you've never met me, but you, you wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> and even though I'm in my early 30s, a lot of people think you're a lot older. Good God. The number of horny old ants. <laughs> I'm a little traumatized, honestly. I'm a little traumatized because they sit on your lap and the things they whisper in your ear, it, it has made my spine curdle at times. Like there is a Santa fetish. There really is. Hot for Santa. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that that's, but that's like the, even then, you know what I mean? Like there's still a magic yep. to Santa Claus. You know what I mean? Like even, even then, because it's not like, no offense, you're a very attractive man, Joe, but it's not, it's not that they want to fuck you. Yep. They want to fuck Santa. Oh yeah. Oh, they yeah. want to fuck Santa for sure, man. Like, I think if you tried to take off that beard, they'd be like, no, <laughs> this is back to that part of the appeal. No, you're absolutely right. Yeah. My favorite will always be the kids, though. I mean, at the heart of it, it's the kids. And I think, you know, you were talking about how, like, there's something that clicks with you as an adult, even when you see Santa, where there's that hesitation of, like, this could be the real one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, I've seen a million fireworks. You know what I mean? To the point that, like, Fourth of July fireworks mean nothing to me. But if it is around Christmas time and I hear those fire engine horns and I know that a Santa is about to become riding down the road handing out candy canes i'm i'm going outside i'm going outside to see santa and i think one of the things you also kind of brought up without distinctly bringing up is like a bad santa can ruin everything you know what i mean like if you see a santa that's like not interested in being there isn't putting any effort in you know it's just like some guy at the fire station that they just threw up on the top it brings you down. You want the guy that's up there with a big jolly smile and just waving at everybody and full of exuberance. Like that is that is what you are there for. I I, I take this to a level of seriousness that has legitimately annoyed people because there are just some things that I one hundred percent believe in and I will I will never mess around with when I'm in the gear, no matter how many times people say it. If people walk up and they're like, yeah, this is uh, this is a Santa. I'll be like, whoa, 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 whoa. The Santa. <laughs> the Santa. I have gone out of my way to like, I mean, luckily it's easy to trick kids. Not to, boy, that sounded really shitty. Um, <laughs> no, but I get it. No, I've had it to, makes sense. I've, I've had to play Santa on a, tel- on a cell phone a few times to get a niece that's misbehaving to calm down. Nothing like the threat of calling Santa to like right. get a, get a kid misbehaving to calm down real fast. I mean, I have to I have to engage kids every day, and so I I believe that's tricking kids into paying attention every day. So because <laughs> yeah, they don't actually care what you're trying to teach them in sixth no. grade, you have, to, you have to trick them into it. <laughs> hey, I, I will always say education is eighty percent an entertainment business for sure. Oh yeah, but yeah, I think the kids really do. I, I mean, that is the the bread and butter. And even if you're even if, as uh, you've said, and I want to make sure that this is on the record, that Santa said that tricking kids is easy. (laughs) (laughs) There's still an art to making them believe because they kids. I've said this before. Kids can also be the most skeptical people. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I feel bad for the fake beard Santas because, like, you're already starting at a negative. 
a kid's going to catch that and be at least a little bit like, I don't know if that looks, especially if their dad has facial hair. Like if they know anybody with facial hair, there's already a little bit of questioning right out the gate. There are the squirrely eyes. They're squinting at you. <laughs> there are tricks you can learn because I am a fake beard Santa. I can't use my real beard. I have to shave every holiday season. Um, I love my fake beard, by the way. Like, um, it helps that my dear wife Liz is a costumer, so she helped me get the top-notch stuff, and my beard looks amazing. It looks more amazing than some real beards. But there are tricks you learn because, yeah, every now and then you're going to get the kid who tries to whip the beard off your face. First and foremost, medical adhesive is amazing. It has <laughs> No smell, and it is super strong. The smell part is great because after two months of putting on, have you guys ever applied spirit gum? Yeah, yes. Smell. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. After two months of applying spirit gum for 10 years, I have like a Pavlovian aversion to the smell of spirit gum. Like if I smell it, my body's like, no, no, please don't, don't put fake stuff on your face and then rip it off again. Please. So medical adhesive and as strong as it is, like, man, I've had some kids pull on that beard and it just hurts because it that is on there. It is on there like Gimli Lord of the Rings style on there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so one of the questions that I have to ask, and we may have touched on this a little bit before we hit the record button, but Obviously, Dylan and I have the benefit of being able to just rock that Christmas vibes 365 if we want to. All day, all day, every day. But I feel like there has to be some negative side effects of having to basically be forced into that mindset from morning until night for X amount of days. Uh, Has that affected like when December 26 comes along? Is there a little bit of a sigh of relief in you at that point? Yeah. You know, every every year when it comes around, there's always that excitement for the first um, like event. But yeah, after after two months, um, I've said this before. I have a hard, strict rule about no Christmas until after Thanksgiving, because literally the day after Thanksgiving, I'm out there. I have to shave my beard, which I hate how I look without my beard. I have to listen to the music over and over and over again. I have to sing it. I have to eat cookies and milk all the time. Oh, uh, no. Not- <laughs> You're really describing heaven for me so far. Although, although I will say, as someone who loves Christmas music, but has worked retail jobs yep. where the Christmas music selection is about the same 20 songs on a loop, like... There's a certain version of Little Drummer Boy that I am perfectly content never hearing again for the rest well, of my life. <laughs> you mean the David Bowie one? Yeah, that one. Um, no, no, not ooh, the Bowie one. I hate that The one. Bowie one's fine. But yeah, like there's certain Christmas songs that get a lot more radio attention than other Christmas songs. So I, there are definitely certain ones that like maybe by like December 15th, I'm kind of content if I don't hear that particular version of that song again for a bit, <laughs> I'm, I'm, sh- I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll get into it on this show eventually, but I'm going to be honest. And I think it's, it's probably a, a poor take, but if I never hear Bruce Springsteen, Santa Claus is coming to town again, <laughs> I will be so happy. <laughs> I uh, briefly, I was DJing at bars and there's not a whole, like when it's Christmas time, there's not a whole lot of songs that a 
bar wants to hear you play Christmas Carol wise, but that's definitely one of them. Oh, and, I, and I got over it real fast. Ultimately, when you are Santa, though, the biggest sadness is like, I don't have to go live at a mall or anything for two months, but I mean, I get to go to Christmas parties all the time, but I never get to go to Christmas parties with my like family or loved ones. Yeah. I miss out. I miss yeah. out on like every one of my friends' Christmas parties during the day when you know my wife is like making gingerbread cookies and watching Christmas movies with my daughter. I don't get to do that, you know, because especially on the weekends, like you get week jobs too, but especially on the weekends, you're just out there from morning till night it does it, it makes me sad that's the thing that i i think makes me saddest about the season is that when you're santa you're surrounded by people and they absolutely love you and you get to spend all your time partying and it is great but if you got a family you're you're not going to see as much of them as you'd like until until christmas eve and even Sometimes even on Christmas Eve, you know, because people people want Santa there for their Christmas Eve parties. They want Santa there for their Christmas Day experiences. Like you have to decide, like, do I take this unbelievable amount of money on Christmas Day or do I spend the day with with my child and family? That's a tough call. Sometimes, especially if you need the money. I feel like as your kids get older, that probably becomes easier. But you've got kind of the kids who are in that perfect christmas time age too yeah it, it is nice when like like my wife will always bring my daughter to come see me at one of my gigs and it's always different each year but it's always me and that's nice because she doesn't know it's me and I, awesome. I get to experience this truly magical moment i always feel a little sad when i finally change out of the costume and come back and then she tells me about her experience with santa but you know that there's there's a niceness to it. And as God is my witness, I am going to see how long I can keep the belief of Santa Claus in my child. 21 is the minimum I'm shooting for. <laughs> that, that's amazing. I'm a 35-year-old saying that, like, there's still that part of me that defies all logic and is like, he could be out there. <laughs> hey, my, my so, parents always told me if I didn't believe in Santa, I wasn't getting shit. So, uh, um, to the day I moved out, and I'll tell you right now, every Christmas Eve, no matter what, I'm still putting cookies and milk out. I don't know who eats them and drinks it in the middle of the night, but they're going out. So, I do, I'm my definitely friend, a believer. I do. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, you might not recognize Joey, but Joey recognizes you. <laughs> I'm watching. Well, Santa Joey, thank you so much for swinging by and giving us the lowdown on the Santa gigs. Thank you guys for having me. Seriously. Thank you to both of you. Dylan, you're being a very good boy this year. Matt, just saying. I'm watching. Uh, I know. I know. I'm getting the goodies. Yay. Is it because I've been dedicating all my time to podcasting and not, you know, helping other people? <laughs> I, th I think your pot your like your podcasting helps a lot of people. So no, it, gets, it gives people an entertaining outlet. I, yeah, sure it does. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> it gives you an entertaining outlet. There you yeah, go. It's very self-serving, honestly. But yeah. Joey, how about you let people know real quick one more time where can they go? Well, first of all, where can they go if they want a Santa video call? this holiday season, but also uh, if they want to have the piss scared out of them sometime else in the year. 
<laughs> and and those aren't exclusive. You can have the piss scared out of you during the holiday season, too. If you want to be scared, please check us out at Dark Hills Events. Uh, you can find us at darkhillsevents.com or find us on Facebook at Dark Hills Events. We're running these fun, scary little RPGs every month. And when stuff opens up again, man, I'm going to have a Krampus event one year. I swear. I swear. But if you're looking for something a little more magical, if you actually want to meet the big man or get a call or some sort of gift or present from the big man, uh, a message, you can find uh, me at Claws and Effect. That's C-L-A-U-S and Effect. And uh, I'll be waiting. <laughs> All right. Well, Chills. thank you so much, Chills. Santa. Dylan, do yeah. you have anything to promote as well? God knows you're a writer. Uh, I've seen some of your writing. Where can people go to also read your writing? Um, you can read my writing as well as all the good people's writing at iconversusicon.com. We're also on Instagram at iconversusicon. Versus is spelled out. And Facebook, iconversusicon. As I joked with Santa, I have too many podcasts. But the <laughs> main ones is obviously go and check out Horror Movie Night, HMN Podcast dot com is our website and all of the other ones including this one exist over at geekscape.net so go to geekscape.net check out all of the shows i do there including my favorite episode of one hit thunder the roaring 20s and now the show that you're listening to right now so happy holidays all year round from your friends matt and dylan and of course the big guy santa merry christmas whoa. oh whoa. listening to the Geekscape Network. Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.